And we are live with Brother Neil Frazier back again. Monday is not Monday unless we have a dose of what he brings, a dose of his personality, his insight, his knowledge that he so graciously shares with us to prepare us from the world that's being prepared for us, whether we like it or not. You're the best thing for us, brother. We have so many things out here in cyberspace to distract us, to titillate us, to seduce us, to keep yeah. us in a rut, to keep us blinded. And I hate to say the term wake up anymore because there's another sadistic side of me that says if you want to stay asleep, you go ahead and stay asleep. But that at the last minute, I can't help but try to say a few things. But it hurts me how many of us don't wake up. And you're a person who brings a message to help us to do just that. And this particular topic is something for me that means something to me because a lot of my shows have dealt with this. And the title of it is, What Will Happen to Black People When the Dollar Collapses? Do they even understand about an economic collapse, a financial breakdown? It happened in Greece many years ago when yeah. for a time they right. said you could only draw out $35 or the equivalent of that a day. And if there is an economic collapse, then what's going to happen to the supermarkets, the businesses, the restaurants, right? Where are we going to get our food? Can you, can you grow food in concrete? Do you have land where you can... You know, so there's so many different things, repercussions that we don't understand. And I know you're going to break it down for us, brother. I'm glad That's to right. have you back here again. And um, go on as long as you want because we're okay. loving everything that you share. So, brother, okay. thank you. The floor is yours. I'm right here. And we're going to keep this thing working. Okay. Well, yeah, Brother Lance, uh, again, man, it's always great to connect with you on Monday. I want to greet everybody in the family in the chat room and uh as you and I was uh, just kicking it for a minute, you know, the more I looked into this, I uh, it actually troubled me a little bit because, as we were saying, it's almost like our, our people are in a fog or something. But it's a strange situation because, right. you know, we have a lot of faith as people, but we can't see that we put our faith in the wrong things and, and this is going to be our undoing to the extent that you know we keep saying well you know hopefully we'll wake up and we'll wake up but then when you wake up you still have to do something after you become aware of something and so that's the right. aspect of it that's troubling to me it's like when you if you got a lion coming through your gate and you're going to act like it's a, a pussy cat, you're going to get eaten, okay? Because the lion sees you as food, and it's not your cat that, right. you, that you're used to having around the house. So, yeah, so very interesting, uh, necessary topic um, today. What will happen to black people when the dollar collapses? So I have some, some research we're going to go over. We're going to talk about, um, you know, our, the history of, of what we have been through as a people and how we have blueprints out here that we can look at and strategize to make sure we don't fall prey to this again. Um, but one of the first blueprints that we can readily look at is Central America, and I'll tell you why. Um, you know, 
whenever whenever you look at that situation, we're taught, oh, there are thousands of migrants at the border and that they are running away from their country because of gangs and drugs. That's a lie. That is not the, just like when they talk about homelessness here, okay, in America, they want to say that most of these people are drug addicts. That is not true, okay? So we have this blueprint of why all of these people are coming to the borders of the United States. But when you look at all of these countries, uh, Venezuela, the Central American, uh, El Salvador, Honduras, all of the Central American countries and so some of the South American countries, they were using fiat as their currency. But what they don't tell you is that the dollar collapsed in those countries and it was runaway inflation. So imagine, like you were saying, what happened in Greece, and you see all these people out in the streets because they can't get no money out of the bank, ready to burn down everything. You can't blame them. Then we know that not only has this happened before in other countries, but it's right at our doorsteps. The, the difference is, is that they can continue to print money that has no intrinsic value and that at some point, and we're going to cover this, the countries who um, we owe these debts to, if they overnight decide that they're not going to use the dollar as their um, foundational currency, then the American people are the ones that are going to suffer. Um, one of the reasons for this is you can't redeem fiat, okay? It has no intrinsic value. It's no more good than a piece of paper that is printed on, okay? They, they actually burnt it. They actually burn it. I think I, um, I was telling the story about when I was living in Washington, D.C., I was coming home from work one day, and uh, I passed by the big uh, Mint office because all of the buildings down, you know, in D.C. are right down in the northwest area. And uh, so I saw this security guard out there, and I saw these guys getting off this big truck, almost like a Brinks truck, and pulling out all these bales of money. And I was like, wow. What are they doing? So I, I, I asked him, I said, what are they going to do with all those bales of money? He said, oh, that they're going to burn that. And I was like, wow. Oh. <laughs> really? Uh, you know, we have been duped, okay? We have been duped in the sense that we put our value in something that's no has no more value than a piece of leaf on a tree. Okay, and we're going we're gonna to see why today. So, in 1861, when black soldiers began to um, get paid, the first time that blacks received a salary, the soldiers, okay, um, they earned 63 cents on a dollar. Now, fast forward 160 years later, and I hope everybody's sitting down. Black people make 67 cents on a dollar. Okay. That's, that's 
160 years later, that's only a four cents increase. And see, these are the types of games they play with us where you, you don't, either you don't understand what inflation is or you don't see the potential. That's why I'm against cash payments for reparations, brother. Cause overnight they could de- devalue that money mm-hmm. where they say you have a million dollars and it may not even be worth $10,000. So if, if you take uh, maybe 3% of it, and, uh, and I don't ever think they're going to pay this anyway, because by the time they do that, they, they are waiting for this collapse to happen so that they won't have to, so they'll have a justification for not paying black people um, reparations. Okay, I, I can see that game already um, in progress. But, yeah, so no matter how much money you make or you think that you're making this paper money, it's only increased four cents in 160 years because it has no intrinsic value in itself. Okay. Um, and this is the reason why um, the dollar, even if it – it is 67 cents. You can compound this. And this is what other um, groups of people do. But because black folks don't trade with each other and do business with each, with each other, um, I believe now from several sources, I've, I've learned that the dollar is traded amongst black people or circulated, as they like to say. Um, now it's between 6 and 12 hours. <laughs> you know, it, it used to be, uh, what, one or two days? We get paid on Friday, and then on Monday it's back in circulation. That's terrible. <laughs> well, yeah, now they're saying six to 12 hours, bro. And that's simply because we don't trade with each other, as opposed to, I believe the Asians is somewhere in 20 um, times. Before it, it, you know, they trade with each other 20 times. Um, I think the Jews 16 times. Um, like even Latinos are up, yeah, near like 12 times. East Indians up there like 15, 16, six hours. And I'm talking days now, but six to 12 hours for us. So in other words, another black man like you, we don't trade with each other or, you know, people wherever, like our people don't trade and, and help to compound our money like they right. should be doing your platform. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So <clears throat> that is the major reason why, because we don't compound the fiat that we get. And that's the only way you can benefit from it if you if you compound it. So $1 million dollars, is not really $1 million in fiat value. So I did some research. The majority of black people that they're saying are millionaires or whatever, they still don't own any um, assets in terms of buildings, uh, institutions with their names on it or whatever. The majority of their money is in the bank. It's, It's still in fiat form. Um, so let's talk about the difference, what, what an asset is. 
Um, there are three types of assets. It's uh, convertibility, which you can liquidate something real quick if you had to put your hands on fiat. Because a lot of people, um, you know, they're still going to trade in fiat. But, you know, you're able to take an asset, you know, anything of value. You know how we used to take things to the pawn shop or different places to liquidate something if you need it right away. Okay, then there's the physical existence, the tangibility of something. You know, if you can't put your hand on something, this is another area where they are do black people. Okay, if you can't physically put your hand on something that has some tangible value, then you really don't have an asset. Okay, um, the last, the last uh, type of asset is uh, usage. Is it in demand? Do you own things that people need? Because if you don't, then it's going to be um, just like you used to say, we, we give things its value, right? So if we determine that something has value, and people in other cultures do this. So just because the U.S. government doesn't give it value, that doesn't necessarily have to keep us from giving something that we trade amongst ourselves. Oh, Yahshua was agreeing with me. Or well, either that or I hit it. I swear yeah. I was... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so we can create our own value, right? Like you used to say all the time. But uh, here again is we fail to recognize that we have this power. So in other words, we still put the faith of that in the hands of other people. Okay, so <clears throat> the other thing is we have failed to build or produce any products of value. So we don't manufacture or uh, distribute anything of value because we're hooked on fiat and materialism. Okay, so and, and again, this is a serious game that they've got our people locked into, you know, with clothes, cars. Mm -hmm. you know, and whatever else, you know, um, gold, well, not so a lot of it is fake gold from China. You know, all this stuff around their neck and all this stuff we spend our money on that has no intrinsic value. But to define what an asset is, it's a useful or valuable thing, person, or quality, or a property owned by a person or a company regarded as having value and available to meet debt. So th this is the importance of having um, tangible things of value. Now, I want to get into an area that's also a blueprint for our people, okay? And again, this is why they don't talk about our real history, because it would reveal the types of of games that have been played against our people throughout the history of the United States, okay, and how they are setting us up for the domino effect again. So um, uh, back in uh, 1871, okay, the Freedmen's Bank was started, okay, I'm sorry, yeah, 1871, the Freedmen's Bank was started, okay, and it was a, uh, 
that was charted by um, an act of the U.S. government and signed into law in 1865. I'm sorry, I got my dates wrong. Uh, 1861 is when the Freedmen's Bank was started. Okay. And so uh, in 1865, it was signed into law by President Lincoln. And it was created to help the newly freed slaves at that time. So, yeah, I'm within a couple of years, either 1861 or uh, 1863, right after, right after the Civil War. Um, and at that time, there were um, 37 offices in 17 states um, that black folks uh, operated including the District of Columbia. And, you know, I always go back to something. They always talk about how intelligent we are now. Now, mind you, black people wasn't going to universities and getting degrees during this time. So you have to look at the fact that, like uh, Carter G. Whitson said, we've been miseducated. But at the same time, there is a form of financial illiteracy that exists amongst our people that we don't want to um, admit, okay? Because <clears throat> there's no way in hell you can tell me these people who couldn't read or write, okay, established, okay? Let's look at, okay, let's look at uh, what happened. So they had $57 million in deposits. Black people did. And, and in today's, uh, market, that would be somewhere close to $300 million, okay? And there mm. were 70,000 depositors. So don't tell me black folks can't work together and do something. And now, again, we're talking about people that didn't have degrees and couldn't read or write, okay? Mean the majority of them. So don't tell me that black people do not have the ability to establish our own uh, banks, in our own institutions, okay? Uh, another thing that happened, five weeks after the creation of the bank, President Abraham Lincoln was assassinated. So, you know, if you don't see that people are working against you and even the people that try to help you, a president of the United States, they assassinated for trying to help you, then what is it going to take to make you wake the hell up? Black people, we have no friends. We are our only hope. If you don't want to do it, please teach our children something different. We can no longer put faith, okay, blind faith, into people that have shown you for hundreds of years, okay, that they do not, will not help you in any way to have financial sovereignty, okay? This is a fact, and we, we see the history of this. Okay, so what happened to the Freedmen's Bank? So in, in, 19, in 1873, they had what they call um, the panic, okay? Uh, it was a financial crisis, okay, that... Uh, that caused the economic depression in Europe and in America, okay? 
and, and it lasted from 1873 to 1877. Um, as a result of this, so we, we know the old saying, if America has a, uh, has a cold, we have the flu. Okay, so in 1874, as a result of the aftermath of the 1873 panic, the Freeman Bank closed, leaving many depositors in financial ruin. Okay, they called in Frederick Douglass, um, they installed him as the bank's new director in an attempt to save the bank before it crashed due to runaway inflation. Now, that's what I was explaining in the beginning, the game that they can play with this fiat. They can cause runaway inflation, and the million dollars you have today may only be worth $10,000 tomorrow. That That is, not only is it a possibility, it, it has been done to our people before. Okay, so we have to take a real hard look at um, why they have us hooked on this fiat and why our kids are throwing this money up in the air like it's some kind of God or gold that has some kind of value. We're in a sad situation um, because we have not adjusted properly. Okay, um, so what happened, the closure left over 61,000 depositors. This is what they did to our people. This was a deliberate act, by the way. Um, de uh, and depositors without any money and at a loss of $3 million, which in today's market is equivalent to $100 million. Now, again, these are things that can be done, all right, to you because we're not paying attention to the things that we need to be paying attention to rather than watching celebrities. Because the interesting thing, too, the majority of those celebrities don't own any buildings, don't own any um, assets. So when, not if, but when this collapse happens, where are we going to migrate to? We don't have a connection with the motherland. They have divided you and made you think that Africans are our enemy. And the only reason that African people think that way is because they keep them dumbed down too. Okay? I'm talking about modern day uh, Africans. Yes. Okay? They keep them dumbed down, and they tell them lies about us here, and then they uh, there, and then they tell us lies here about them. But when you look at all other cultures, they're connected to a homeland. Now, yes, this is true. This is our homeland, too, okay? Wherever there is a continent where people live, the original peoples of that continent were black people, okay? I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about how they have us divided, okay? Our origin, okay, is the motherland. And they have us so divided with our own people that we can't even see how when they cut us off here, okay, that um, where are we going to migrate to? Most of us are not going to be able to leave America. Lance, you got out just in time, brother. Because, <laughs> <laughs> uh, boy, from the stuff I've been researching, man, 
I don't get it why our people are the only ones that's not planning. And again, California is a litmus test for the country. Um, what happens here first, then it spreads out. Other people become aware of it, you know, years later. But all the banks here are closing, bro. I don't know if you know that. But um, I'm hearing about that. Um, yes. Yeah. Majority I'm about of that. the I'm banks here, Wells Fargo. Bank of America, they go, uh, we have one, there used to be at least 10 of them that I can go to in this area. It's only right. three open now. Same thing with Wells Fargo. They're temporarily closed wherever you go. The only banks that are still operating are the banks that are backed out of New York. Citibank, uh, yes. U.S. Bank. But even, even them, if you deposit a check, you got to wait three days if you only have $100 available to you, 10%, and we'll talk about that. And mm -hmm. then the bank flips 90% of your money because once you uh, deposit money, that money no longer legally belongs to you. It belongs to the bank. And mm -hmm. most people don't know this. This is how they keep black people in a perpetual motion where we don't get any value from anything. Even That's if you put hundreds of thousands of dollars in the bank, it's not yours. Um, so w w this is why, let's talk about commodity money versus fiat money. And this is why you have been taught to worship fiat right here. So back before we had, uh, before 1971, and we'll go back into that, um, mm -hmm. you were issued a silver certificate or like a, well, they use promissory notes now, which is basically fiat too. But it had the same um, concept where that promissory note was uh, in effect some form of money. So they had a silver certificate of $1 to match every dollar that was in circulation. So the $1 bill during that time was equivalent to one silver dollar. So the, the value was in the, sil in the silver, not the paper. Right. Okay. I had one. I had one of those silver. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you know, back in the day, we used to keep those. And remember. And used to have them. Remember the, remember the penny? I think it was 1942. It was like a steel penny or some kind yeah. of. And it didn't look copper. It wasn't brown. It was like some kind of because of the war and copper being like not hard to get to, but they used something else. It's I forgot what. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I remember that these oddities. Yeah, yeah. and they had and more value. People understood back during that time. You know that's why I can't. I, I'm finding it hard, brother, to, to continue to call people intelligent that are just <laughs> out here talking because we're in a serious situation, man. There should be an alarm. Uh, right. Now. Exactly. I just we want to should say have one. classes for our children right now. Teaching exactly. Them. Let me say one more thing. We yeah, had, right. yeah, we had an uncle. He wasn't a blood uncle. He was like an adopted uncle. Okay. And his his name was we used to call him Uncle Charlie, but I say his name. He's not with us anymore. Uh, a Charles Tennyson, right? Okay. And he was an older man, and I would say, when I was about seven or eight, he had to be in his eighties, but he was well preserved. Mm-hmm. And and he had a a barrel, a wooden barrel, that he always threw change in. And he oh. had one. 
Yeah, yeah. He always threw pennies, nickels, dimes, quarters, dollars sometime. Whatever change he came back with, he threw it in there. We weren't his blood family, but we always went over there. Uh-huh. And he'd, he'd always tell me, he had this little cup. He said, go over there and take some change. Mm-hmm. He'd scoop out just one scoop to give me, right? <laughs> I, you know, look to see what more quarters were and more nickels were because I'm not trying to scoop out more money, right? <laughs> exactly, exactly. I wasn't dumb, you know? Come to find out his blood family, you know, who was always there with him, and but he adopted us like that. He, Uncle Charlie. Come to find out he had a, he had a room with about 25 of these barrels filled up with change. Wow. A whole room that was nothing but barrels that you could just walk through there. And these are these old-fashioned wooden barrels that had the metal reinforcement around it and was real tall. Yeah. He just kept the one he was wow. filling up out front in the living room. Wow. But the rest of them were in there. There's a whole – he left that. And he had money. He had lots of money. Like, he yeah. did have money in the bank, but he had that change right there. They found some under the mattress, bills and stuff. This guy was loaded. And, and, and his whole life, that was his mentality. He spent – he went on trips when he was younger – he kept his clothes up enough. He wasn't spending, and he didn't have a car. This is Manhattan. You don't really need a car, right? Oh, yeah, if you, right. If you, exactly, right? So they found out. I think, I don't know. How, it was a lot of money, man. It was a lot of money. Wow. But we, the mentality, that's why I said this, the mentality of those of us who would save, and it wasn't so much that you think, well, I'm just going to save a few pennies, but I'm going to get a million dollars off. $10 million. It wasn't so much that except that you just, the mentality was you did not waste. Exactly. The mentality. Exactly. So, so he was not he was not out there blowing money and do. and he brought it and he didn't touch it. So whatever he had coming to him or whatever that was the next round. He would get the basics. I don't know what he treated himself to. He had a nice apartment, everything but he did not waste. Some of us, like the six to 12 hours thing with black people, as soon as we get money in our hand, even when it's bill money, we got to go out there and we got to spend it. And then we yeah. got to spend it with somebody else and they're going to circulate that the 12 to oh, yeah. 12, 15 to 25 times that other people do to benefit. Oh, yeah. That's why That's black people Chinese, can't exist. Chinese people are very good at that, bro. They'll yeah. take something and they'll compound it a hundred times. Well, you know what? I'm learning to be Chinese if that's the case. I mean, <laughs> Me I'm, a, too. <laughs> Me too. I'm telling myself. Right, bro. Yeah, but because. But that sneaky bank concept, we yeah. don't even have that with our children anymore. No. We, all of us used to have piggy banks. Exactly. Know, put, put and change it because it teaches you a principle. Right. But so we have to take responsibility for this. This is a failure, okay, of black people. We can no longer put this on other people. Again, we the little fiat that we are given, if we if we would compound it with other black people, it would have more value. But they have taught you, oh, I don't want to give that nigga nothing because I don't want him to have a new car. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. You know, and, and, and we have taught the children the same thing. And this is why it's going to be so devastating to us um, when this happens, because we don't have any place to migrate to. Okay? So, uh, yeah, brother, that's, wow, that brought back some memories to me as well. You know, when black folks were frugal, 
you know, they understood what it meant, you know, yes. to put a little something aside for a rainy day, you know. So, so yeah, so the value was in, in the silver. It wasn't in the paper. Um, so commodity paper is also food, okay, because people are going to be hungry. They're going to need to eat, like we were saying, when the grocery store is not if, when they shut down, where are you going to get your food from? This is why, too, when you own land and you have livestock, the land has more value because of the livestock. But black people don't like cows. <laughs> they don't like, you know, anything. We have, been we have been so separated from nature, brother. This is what people don't understand as well. There were more black farmers in America than anything else or anybody else. Okay, when we had real value that was taken from us. Okay, but anything that can be traded uh, is commodity-backed money. Just like um, our people back in the day used to use the barter system, right? You know, my neighbor got some sugar. I got some flour. My mom and them, they ain't never spent no money nowhere. They they traded with the neighbors, and that's how our communities thrived during that time. They wasn't worried about who had more money than the other person. Um, so thousands of years ago, an example is the shekel, right, which is a weight of barley, represented, uh, you know, some form of money so there were various but again like we were saying that it was the people that created the value of the shikha okay uh, which is which was a weight of barley so though they created that because they knew and comprehended that okay if i put value in something and my neighbor value it and their neighbor value it then we have something going on. And this is the main reason why we have been divided, not just for social reasons, but mainly for economic reasons. Um, so that's what commodity money is. It's something that can be traded, you know, and, and it has value in terms of all the things that we use. Um, in a, <clears throat> as opposed to fiat, is uh, something that the government declares as legal tender. But we know this is one of the games these politicians make. Um, they play this game where they can give something. They can say, oh, well, the debt ceiling, we need to raise the debt ceiling or blah, 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 or we need to bring it down, or blah, blah, blah. But at the same time, they are the ones that give this tender uh, uh, any type of value. It doesn't have any value in itself. So, uh, <clears throat> how is money created? So, uh, money is created by central banks around the world. Not the banks you go into. They're, they're private banks. But the central banks, like our Federal Reserve, holds all the power, and they are not connected with our own government or any government for that matter, they can print as much money as they want. That's why they can burn it, okay? But at the same time, they can control through runaway inflation the value of that same money that our children are throwing up in the air. Okay, so there are 
there are three ways that they create money through private banks. So it only takes three cents to create a $10 note. So that other uh, $9.97 is profit, which they have created out of thin air. But, but you, the American people, are transferred the debt of that. Okay. So um, this term, seniorage, that the IRS uh, creates for tax revenue gives them the right to take this 997 as profit. Okay. So um, the consequences of money is uh, the more of it in, cir in circulation, the less it's worth. Okay. So 3.8% of private banks, okay, use this system. Okay. Um, and it's only 3% of this fiat, believe it or not, that's in actual circulation. The rest of it, 97% of it, is in digital form in these private banks that are just created out of nothing. So they have this term called um, double indemnity, I think it's called. Indemnity? I'm not sure if that's the right term. But what yeah. it means is, mm -hmm. what it right. means is that they they make let's say you're trying to get a mortgage for a house they create five hundred thousand dollars out of thin air then they loan you the money and create a debt that you owe to them for five hundred thousand dollars but there was never five hundred thousand dollars in the beginning it's just <laughs> this this is how they're gonna jam up black folks bro I'm telling you right now. This is how they are going to jam us up. And so I believe on one of the videos I was saying how this guy um, took this bank to court, okay, and uh, he won the case because they had to admit that, okay, there was no money. This was something we created, okay. So, no, there was no money. And uh, that's how he won, you know, the bank president had to admit that. And so, again, this should sound the alarm for our people. What you have, this fiat money that you love so much, when it crashes, you're going to be in worse shape than our people have ever been in, even in slavery. And now I understand and I say this all the time. I, I didn't understand this before. I always tried to figure this out. Decades ago when I heard Dr. Claude Anderson say and Dr. George Frazier say that black folks are going to be back in slavery. Our children are going to be in slavery. This is what he means. Because we're going to see as we go a little further down how this situation is going to play out. Because I know many people are saying, well, okay, so how is this going to happen? Good question. First, let's start with the Great Reset, okay? What they call assets, you always have to look at the fair market value of it. But throughout our history, uh, our economic history in this country, it's always decreased or what they call uh, de-dollarization, okay? Now, how the U.S. became uh, the world currency is that 
it began by being backed by gold. Okay, that's how, that's how, because the U.S., uh, I know you remember the old Fort Knox, and uh, the U.S., all of the gold that they had taken, mainly from the motherland and other places, they brought here, and there was another place in Europe, but they brought most of the money in Fort Knox. They had the gold. They had all the gold. So, you know, every, like gangsters do, or real gangsters. <laughs> I'm talking about real economic. I ain't talking about these yes. right, right. they got out here oh, with all this nonsense. I'm talking bro, about. I'm gonna, wait for one second. I'm up yeah. about two minutes. Restroom. Okay. Be right back. Okay, bro. Mm-hmm. These economic hitmen. Okay. So, um, in August, on August 15th, in 1971, they like to say, they like to use this term, a day that will live in infamy. This is a day that's going to live in infamy for for our country, okay? Because on this day, August 15, 1971, this is the most critical day in the history of the United States when it comes to what we know today as fiat. The Nixon administration removed gold as the standard backing the fiat. Okay, well, at the time, backing money. But in 1944, the uh, Britain Woods Agreement, okay, a lot, this is when they first came up with this scheme. Okay, so Let's look at um, today the leading gold-producing countries. And and we're going to talk about what this means because the uh, Chinese uh, yun or yun is backed by gold, okay? And, And they are positioning themselves, okay, to replace the U.S as the world reserve currency, okay? So the the top four countries or five countries that produce gold today, number one is China, okay? Number two is Australia. Number three is Russia. Number four is uh India, and number five is South America. I mean, South Africa. So uh, all of these um, forms of currency in these countries are backed by gold. See, and this is something the American people are being duped about, okay? But there are people, mainly the wealthy people of America, that have long ago put their money in offshore banks and other investments in other places. Okay. So I, you know, I used to wonder why Asians and these East Indian people who most of the ones I see are darker than me, why they had such such a pompous attitude towards black people. That I, You know, and I used to think to myself, okay, what makes these people think that they are better than black folks? What what is it? And I found the reason why. Because they know 
that they are one of the top five producing countries of gold. And they know that the United States and these politicians are lying to the people about the actual financial status of the United States. And see, this is why they have this attitude towards us, because they know black people don't have any real assets and that they are going to be the ones that are going to be our new oppressors, okay, and our children's oppressors. But we, we don't see this. Okay, and this is the because I used to be baffled. What the hell make these people think that they're so much better than black folks? And they're coming to America with this attitude. And now I know why. Because they know something you don't know. Their country's money, real money, is backed by gold. Where you're dealing with paper. Okay, this is what you're dealing with. That has somebody's uh, face on it and some symbols and a serial number on it so they can track it. Okay, so um, that was the beginning of the reset. But now we fast forward to now to within the last 50 years. Huh, yeah, last 50 years or so. Now we see um, that China was actually a third world economic country. Okay, there was a time not long ago when the Chinese was very concerned about feeding their people, and billions of people still do today, where they were limiting how many children people can have, and they were in a serious economic situation. Okay, so, but what happened? Here's another thing, that's why I don't listen to that crap about patriotism and all of that. There's no such thing, okay? They tell the American people that in order to keep you duped. But what our governments have actually done, I mean, what our, our corporate, the major corporations in America did, uh, over 130 U.S. corporations uh, built plants in China to mass produce cheap goods and products. Now, why was that, okay? Because in order for them to do that here, they would have to cut into their profit, okay? And America is built on greed, okay, from our, from our government and corporations. So on the one hand, they got you thinking, oh, well, you should be patriotic and all of this and that, when they have sold us out all the way since uh, – Tricky Nixon, Tricky Dick, okay? They have been sold us out. They have all these plants in China, okay? You can Google it if you don't believe it. They are mass producing. So you think, so you think, well, the Chinese is mass producing all these cheap goods and, and uh, products. No. No, it's the U.S. plants that are over there working with China. So they tell you all this stuff about a trade war and all. This is a bunch of nonsense, okay? Our people have got to wake up to what's really going on because we're going to get crushed, okay? 
A lot of us are not going to make it. Just plain talk, okay? You know, we spend a lot of our time, which we should, okay, dealing with metaphysical stuff and, you know, celebrities and all this stuff. But I'm talking about right here, okay? There, there are three planes of existence, physical, mental, and spiritual. And, you, and if you ignore any one of them, okay, yeah, we may be living in a matrix, but we still have to operate in that matrix, and you still have live physical consequences, okay, in this realm. So if you want to live in the metaphysical realm, that's fine. But I guarantee you, you're going to have to sleep in a bed and wake up every day. Unless you're Lance, you can stay up for two or three days. Let me bring to your attention. We have the crew here in the chat room who, it, 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 it's not about color. Don't make it about color. It's a, look, here we what have one. Well, yeah, I'm just going to bring that to your attention because you always had him flying in from somewhere else and want to say, here we have some guy here. I don't even know if that's his real avatar. Looks kind of yeah. goofy to me. But he says, don't make it about color when it's really about status and money. You think the rich white peeps and blacks like the boule care about color? No, they only so green. Huh? And then we have another one here, I think, um, uh, uh, Standing Bear. Why black people instead of just people? Why the color coding? Listen, when it's, no, us, suffering, when it's us suffering, nobody gives a damn. This is a exactly. channel that focuses on us where other people do not care about us. When, when we start to get wise and focus on us and uplifting ourselves. It's a problem. But when Chinese people support Chinese people and, and Jewish people support Jewish people, right? Indian people support Indian people. It's okay. okay. As long as we're at the bottom and pushing up and, and building everything for everybody and getting nothing for it, it's okay. So when we yeah. get a hit to the game and pull ourselves out the system and tell it for what it really is, why black people instead of just people? You're not looking to benefit us. We got to hip our own self because your schools never taught us how to be independent. It only taught us how to be consumers and buyers and brainwashed against our own self. So don't come here with yeah. that foolishness. That comment got yeah, you brother. fired up, huh? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. But oh, yeah. Right. Oh, let them know. Let them know. And I'm going to say it. I'm putting my business out there. I'm in Africa right now. These people, go back to Africa while I'm here and I'm living like a king. Yeah. And I don't have no stress. Yeah. I ain't got to see y'all no more. So if color doesn't matter, how come I feel so much better around people who look like me? And all of this stuff, I ain't got to worry about the guns and the mass shootings and the people, the cops pulling me over and all that stuff. So I'm in heaven on earth, and I'm here to encourage people as much as they can that we Absolutely. can put soak with our blood, the, the, the soil, the soak with our blood over there. I have no problem with the land. It's the system that exploits the people. Yeah. And you ain't got a problem with it. See, these people don't got a problem with it. And when we get hit and talk to our own people with a little wisdom, we're targeted. We're focused on and they want to harass us. No, I'm going to keep on talking. Don't, don't come here with that foolishness. That old thing ain't going to work. We, we love ourselves here. We, we're not, we don't hate nobody, but we're, not, we're, we're turning the love that we so foolishly gave to you and your system to be patriotic. And we're Americans. Look, before 911, right? Nine one zero. I was an American. Nine one two. I was American because you want me on the front line of your war. That manipulation has got to stop. 
We already know what time it is. Go ahead, Brother Neil. Oh, yeah. No, I, I mean, you know, um, actually, I'm, I'm glad that uh, that comment came through. Because, see, just like you said. Oh, oh brother, brother, I'm sorry to cut you. I'm sorry to cut you. No. I'm going to say one more thing before okay. his ass is blocked. He said, take your people back to Africa then. Let the home get you again, or whatever, whatever that means. Well, when you say take your people back to Africa again, well, guess what? That's what we're encouraging because ain't no too many missiles pointed over on this side. Nobody likes you anymore. China, Russia, India, Iran, the BRICS nation, to hell with NATO. We ain't fighting up under you no more. You got blood on your hands. Deal with it. And when you say take your people back to Africa, they have a choice because they built that place that you enjoy called America. And if you say take our people back to Africa, then stay your asses from over here trying to steal the minerals. See you. See, that, that is an ignorant person to me. And see, unfortunately, um, again, I've started talking to, you know, more of the European people that uh, I know. Because, Lance, you have. You have given me a formal spotlight. So when I talk to them now, they, they're starting to, you know, see things a little differently. Mm -hmm. And so I had uh, one friend to say to me, he said, well, Neil, he said, uh, you know, they, they have duped white people as well. And see, this is what they're doing that's so unfair to the young European children that's growing up. And this is why they are uh, hiding our history, because you can't heal something when you don't have a proper diagnosis. So if, if I'm just giving you a part of what's wrong with you and we heal that, well, you still got three-fourths of your body still sick. But this is, this is a prime example of the type of ignorance that's directed towards our people. Because they don't, I mean, a lot of them, uh, they don't understand, they don't see it. And the That's reason right. they don't see it is because they use emotionalism against them too, mainly through hate. They don't, what they say is, uh, well, we don't want black people to take away what we have. I didn't say, these are European scholars that are saying this. Not Neil Frazier or Lansker, but as you said correctly, whenever we deal with our situation, okay, then it either has to be some kind of hate, go back to, and by the way, this is our land too, in case you didn't know. I guess this is an ignorant person that don't know history. Um, right. You know, by his, because Really, I, when when I hear comments like that, that lets me know that this is a caterpillar person. That um, they are only they only live by narratives that people tell them, and then they get them emotionally involved against. But th these are the types of things that are gonna ratchet up, just like they always have throughout our history. When white people get mad, when we start to organize, because if black we have seen from our history, when black people organize and boycott, things happen. Okay, but That's right. a, a lot of them, they want us to stay in the condition we're in. And this is mainly at the subconscious level. A lot of them don't even know why they feel this way. But as you correctly said, 
when Jewish people get together and they, I mean, the United States is sending billions of dollars to Israel now. Okay? So that's a prime example. Or to Ukraine. Nobody sees anything wrong with that. But yet they tell Africa, we'll give you $40 million if you let us put this filth in your country. No. You see, because we are the first primordial seed and we carry within us the Mayotan laws of truth, righteousness, and justice. And these are the things that they cannot stand and black. Because to be honest with you, even with all the stuff, people, they be talking about crime with black kids and all this and that. Even with all of that, okay, there is still a thread that runs through black people, that we know that this is why we're able to be duped so strongly is because when you're a righteous seed and you're dealing with unrighteous seeds, they're going to deceive you and manipulate you because that's the only way they can keep you in your condition. Just like Dr. Amos Wilson used to always say, in order for 8 to 10% of the people in the world to control 90% of the people in the world, hear me good, then by necessity, you have to have 30 to 40% of that 90% that's part of that system that's oppressing our people. You have to have that. There, there is no way you 10% of the world population, or really 8%, can do that. Intimidation, fear, you know, the old hate Ku Klux Klan tactics. And then now they have the cyberbullying, like people can come on and make these asinine comments. That kind of shit don't bother me at all, brother. I'm bullying right on back. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Because uh, you say what you want all day long. Black folks need to organize right now. Because these other Asian people, these other people that you mentioned, Nobody gets angry at them when they're um, planning their stuff and talking about their conditions. So you say go back to Africa, you need to go back to Europe. Because when you, when Christopher Colon and them was lost and starving, okay, on the oceans of the world, and the Creator had mercy on them, and they stumbled across our people who fed them, Okay, and taught them how to grow crops and harvest, they ended up slaughtering them and raping all their women. How about that? So why don't you go back to that? Okay. But <laughs> there's no time to play around now. Our people have to look the devil in the face, okay? And we have to say no more. And I remember a song my mom and those used to sing all the time. I was a little boy, I was like, what do they mean by that? Satan, we're going to tear your kingdom down. You've been building your kingdom all over this world. Satan, we're going to tear your kingdom down. And, you know, the older you get, a lot of the wisdom our people had, we didn't know. We thought they was just stupid and dumb because that's what them folks taught us. Okay? No. They were the wisest people that ever walked the earth. Yes, indeed. But, you know, again, they force us to put our eyes on what they worship, okay? So, yeah, thank you for your comment. I don't know if it was a man or a woman, but it don't matter, really. Um, <laughs> yeah, man, those people are crazy, bro. 
Maybe they don't even know. Huh? <laughs> I said maybe and, they don't no, even know. And then again, too, you're hiding. So if, if I'm going to confront someone, I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to hide from them. I'm going to deal with them face to face or, you know, if I'm wrong, I'm wrong. Okay? But you can type something in, you know, an asinine statement, and you don't have to even face anybody. So that says a lot about you, because if you were a man or woman, you'd come on the show, or you'd make yourself known, not just one, two, three, four, five, okay, at whatever, and then we can talk. Like That's right. So back to the presentation. Um, so the so you know, like I said, this is oh yeah, I'm glad. Thank you, creatures. See, this is the type of thing that has always existed throughout our history here, because as I said, five weeks after Lincoln signed that into law, they killed him. Okay, for for establishing the Freedmen's Bank. Okay, and then he established what they call the greenback. Okay, and that called, it went bankrupt too. So, I, like, there was three million dollars that black folks couldn't get their money. Okay, which is equivalent to a hundred million dollars today. So let's look at um, today. I recently heard a story that there's child labor abuse in Africa in Ghana. They had, uh, U.S. corporations was using children as young as six years old in Africa to cultivate cocoa leaves for chocolate. Okay. That's right. So we're not talking about something that happened in a – we're talking about the same playbook they're using now. <laughs> so this is just in Ghana. Um, Africa has, what, 54 countries? Imagine. Yeah. But imagine if you went throughout each country and discovered what they're doing. So we're not talking about the past. You've always done this. You're continuing to do it. And uh, the cat is out the bag. So you can get angry all you want. Um, but what the Chinese did so effectively is what I like to call copy and paste. Okay. They copied. Everything that American people like, you know, all the material things and a lot. Bruh, I know you know this being from New York. You've probably seen this way before any of us seen it. But they would have products that we knew wasn't real. But it looked right. so much like the real thing. They buy it. It didn't matter. Black folks could, they would, okay, they would even take little slogans that black people like and put them on T-shirts, put them on hats. Yep, yep. Okay. So they studied us too and, 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 and exploited. And, you know, you can't really be angry at them. Really, you can't. Because, again, we have over 130 U.S. plants that are also benefiting off the American people being duped. And primarily off of black people who are the biggest consumers of, of this garbage, okay, mm-hmm. are the ones that, that are paying the price for this. Okay, so this, this another thing is 
This is why you are kept in, de in debt. Now, if the U.S. population paid off all of their debt today, the U.S. dollar would collapse in less than 24 hours. Wow. Yeah. This mm -hmm. is why they keep you in debt. Okay. So let's look. Let, let's look at the. Um, let's look at the history of, of the world's um, reserve currency, which is now the U.S. The U.S. dollar. Okay. So since uh, 1450, there has only been six world reserve currency periods. Uh, Portugal was the first um, nation to have uh, their, you know, have the world currency from 1450 to 1530, which was the age of exploration or world trade when they started um, going to the motherland, the Caribbean, and other places, and, you know, taking all the resources. The, Portugal was the first one to have, they were using, you know, Portuguese uh, currency as uh, the world currency. And then we fast forward to the second uh, uh, world reserve currency was Spain in 1530 to 1640, uh, which is called the Iberian Union. And they were, um, they were um, partnered with Portugal and they used the Spanish uh, silver. So they were able to use this to trade with other people. And again, they established this as having intrinsic value. This is what I was talking about in the beginning, that we are the ones that give value to. So let's just say you get 500,000. I, I remember something uh, Dr. John Henry Clark said. He said, if you get a billion people to do something, even if it was wrong, it would, it would have a major impact on the world, a massive impact. Okay, so, and these are simple solutions, brother. But again, because we cannot trade with each other, we have put ourselves in a hole that we can't come out of. Some of us are going to. The majority of us, I hate to say this, bro. They're like we were talking, is not going to make it. It's just, they're not going to make it. Okay, so if you get, let's say, 100,000 black people around the country, and we choose a pair of socks and put, you know, Lance Gerber or put anything on it. Because our people are buying these expensive stuff with other people's names on it. And then we give value to it. So everybody want to have Gucci because <laughs> our people value Gucci. So why can't we take something black and value that? And then build it up. I remember when FUBU uh, first came. Right from Queens. From Queens, right? Yep. And I, I remember him saying, well, you know, I just learned from my people, uh, I guess his parents or whoever, that uh, I can put my name on something. That's right. <laughs> and That's right. If, if it's, okay, so if it's the same thing, type of clothing that we wear or like, you put your name on it, then it's a, the average black person, first thing they say, oh, that nigga think he's something because he got his name on some clothes. Right, right. This type of thinking that is killing our people. So rather than me wanting 
to help you, your another black person, have their name on something that we all can buy and then build some kind of company. I'd rather right. not support you. I'd rather let my money circulate for six hours and then give it back to the people that are keeping you in a hell hole. (laughs) And see, this is why people don't have no respect for us, brother. That's right. Even these people, you see these people that come to this country, I don't care where they come from, all of them have the same attitude towards black folks. But this is why. Because they can put their name on something or they can make something have some kind of value and then you goddamn go out and buy it and make it true. Yes. Yes. It's, it's, sick. Find, I, it's sick when I think about this stuff, bro. So I, I noticed, even uh, even in New York City, back in the, um, even from the 80s, 90s, uh, and coming possibly even now, I remember in the, in the 80s, it was 19, God, I'm getting older, right? 1984. And I worked at a company. Okay. Well, not a company. It, was a, it, was a, it was a boutique. Okay. Named Bijan. Bijan Paxad. Okay. He was Iranian, but he used to say he was from Syria. And it was on Fifth Avenue and 55th Street, down the block, two blocks down from Trump Tower. You said 84? And, yeah, back in 84. Yeah, yeah he's passed there. I was living in Jamaica, Queens uh, during that time. Okay, yeah. Yeah, me too. I was right there. Yeah. I said, well, I know you from somewhere. We bumped in, bumped heads oh, in yeah. a good way. You know, but he... um. He had this boutique. His clothes were ugly. Wow. But he had a name, and because he was on Fifth Avenue and his ego was through the roof, not that you have to have an ego through the roof, but I'm just saying, he knew, I'm not going to say believe, but he, 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 would, he would sell his stuff, and because these white guys, the Texas oil dudes, I met George Benson there, um, oh. you had to have an appointment to shop in his store. What? So sometimes all day long it might be one person, but the one person was so filthy—not rich, but wealthy. Rich ain't nothing. Wealth is the yeah. thing. Yeah. He take his time and hold their hand, not literally, and walk them through the boutique. There's a second floor that had this well-decorated room, and all the heads of state that've been there, Adnan Khashoggi, all the rich, wealthy uh-huh. people been there. So you get you get catered to. You get catered to. When you're there, your sound, brother. I think you're muted. You're muted, brother. Yeah, you're muted. Hit, hit your phone. Okay, let me see. Yeah, yeah, I got you now. Okay. Okay. Um. So it built up a persona because he catered to the wealthy, and, and these suits were ugly, narrow shoulders, and all. You know, uh, yeah. And this is a little short guy with a short man's complex. Oh wow. And, capacity and working there because you know because we were well built at the time and had a certain look we stood around in tuxedos mm-hmm. and just opened the door for the, the one or two times during the day and we stood not in the window but the steps right there people would come and just stare at us the money they were paying us for that but you had to have a certain look you had to have a certain demeanor you had to know how to communicate but you couldn't just open the door for anybody they would tell you that day what time they're coming and it was so exclusive right but what i'm saying now he was on all the talk shows. He was a high-end guy that, for some reason, because he, he took care and attention to what he did, right? Uh-huh. These white folks and people all over 
believed in the illusion that he was putting out there. You see what I mean? Because it's an illusion. And here it's we go. Yeah. Right on the same street, right there on Fifth Avenue, you had a lot okay. of Africans who who were selling knockoff bags. Okay. okay? Why I say Africans? Because I found out that in China, there's a whole, and I don't know what part of China, but it was a black woman who lived in China, and she was a heart specialist and taught medical Chinese or medical English to the Chinese students. She was brilliant, right? So she was telling me what was really going on out there in China. See, I talked to a lot of people just a long time ago when I was talking to her, and she told me there are whole entire sections, like cities, where you have Nigerians and different Africans that, that create the knockoff bags there. Oh. They manufacture it there. Somehow, some way, they have the connection to bring it in the country. And they, wow. they have the foot, foot soldiers in the street that are out there, and they have it laid out on the ground. Yeah, and when somebody comes, they might have a lookout like they're selling drugs. They blow the right. whistle, and they grab the blanket and pick it up off the street and run, run with it and get away. So right. what I'm saying is that a lot of the black people who came through Fifth Avenue, who saw the knockoff bags, the knockoff hats, the knockoff purses, they were so in love with the name of the designer that it looked so real and they knew that it was not real and they valued it and still spent the money for it. Something that's a knockoff because you believe in this name and you want to have this illusion of, of what this thing, this is sick, but you get a brother who does something good. And if he tries to sell it himself, you don't support it. But when no. the other man, when the other man picks up the brother's stuff and sells it and don't tell you this one of you, Oh, he said, Oh, you buy it. This is crazy. It is, this crazy. is crazy. How our minds are. And I've seen yeah, it. I'm telling you, man, go, go ahead. I'm sorry, man. I'm a no, little, I heated. like that word illusion. Because that's all it is. A delusion, illusion. It's, yes. it's insane how, just, just like today, sometimes I like to look at some of the videos with the young people in them. Bruh, yeah. they be like, well, they, they see a person, they judge them strictly off of the clothes they are wearing. Yes, our young women. And, and a lot of our young men, they don't even get to know the person's personality. They don't get to know anything about this person, okay? And, and I want to tell a true story about now that we're talking about this subject that will bring this to light. Why you right. can never judge, and this is another major pro issue that black people have. But this is a true story. When right. I was living in Atlanta, uh, there was a young black dude that worked at an exclusive uh exclusive car dealership that sold Rolls Royces, right? Luxury high-end vehicles. And uh, so one day, this old lady, I guess with gray hair, and she looked like she was about 90 years old or whatever, she walked into the place. And she right. was standing around looking at the cars for about... Uh, so her chauffeur had brought her there, but they didn't know that. So um, she also had, like, uh, I guess bodyguards or something outside. She was like, no, don't come in, don't come in. So um, long story short, they ignored her for almost an hour. So finally, this, young, this is a true story, Lance. 
And people from Atlanta or from Georgia may remember this story. Um, this uh, guy, this young black guy that was working there, he went up, he said, well, miss, I've seen you've been in here for a while. Has anyone spoken to you about? And she said, no. She said, but what's your name? And he told her, and she said, uh, hold on for a minute. She went in a purse, and she gave him a card. Okay. Mm -hmm. And she said, I want you. She said, yeah, I'm interested in more than one of the vehicles. <laughs> and so he was looking like, okay. She said, I want you, in a couple of days, I'll be back to my country. I want you to call me on this number. The young, fast forward, two, three days later, he called the number because, you know, big commission for selling a Rolls Royce, let alone a Rolls Royce. So he calls her. Somebody picked up like an official, government official, and was like, well, the Duchess is not available. But we'll take all of your information. <laughs> and he was like, Duchess of what? And so she was the Duchess of something. I don't remember exactly, York or whatever it was. That didn't matter. You're talking about someone that's worth almost a trillion dollars. Okay. <laughs> so. Never know. What she did is, now, that wasn't the only dealership. They had several of them around the country. She bought all of them, gave, made the young black guy who paid attention to her the owner. And now the owners of their, his former bosses were now his employees. And this young black guy became a multi-billionaire overnight. And this See is that? a true story. And, yep. and so this is the mistake our people make. Like, it doesn't matter what that person looks like. You don't know who that person is, or more importantly, what they can do to help further your purpose or assignment in life. But they have indoctrinated our people so much with this fiat until the first thing we do is judge each other off of what clothes, which, by the way, none of us creating any of these clothes we don't have any um, machines that uh, we we used to because our parents used to sew our clothes and so, on sewing machines exactly so you know it, it's just a sad situation all the way around brother but the thing is is we have to keep um opening the eyes of our people because they have a lot of um, narratives coming at them, just like the individual that you were talking about earlier. So after Spain, um, and then in 1640 to 1720, the Dutch East Indian Company, okay, which basically produced spices, became the world. And see, this is another reason why these the people from East India who are blackening me have this attitude. And these are the things our people don't know. They just think, oh, these people come here and they don't like black Americans. No, because they know what position they have you in, that they, that they are in bed with your oppressors, always have been, way back here when the Dutch East Indian Company, okay, was the world's reserve currency. But because we don't know history, and what these people have done to our people throughout history, 
then we keep putting blind faith into their institutions. And now the institutions of these other people that are coming here. And then from 1720 to 1815, um, there were massive debts were created. So France um, became the world reserve currency, their currency, um, during this period, uh, from 1720 to 1815, almost 100 years, because World War One, okay, uh, overextended the financial situation during that time. And so uh, that, and then the Napoleon Wars also kind of bankrupt um, a lot of the financial uh, institutions there. So then after 1815 and 1815, Great Britain from 1815 to 1920 during the uh, Industrial Revolution, okay, or what we know as the Industrial Revolution, um, they became the reserve currency in the world. And then fast forward to today, from 1921 to today, we have the United States. Okay. So when Tricky Dick Nixon, when they went behind the backs of the American people and made this diabolical plan with China in 1971, on August 15th, that's when everything changed. Uh, like I say, that was a day that will go down in infamy. Because that was the day that the United States government sold out its people. And, and so, uh, and then in 1944, the, uh, it became official, the currency, uh, because of the Bretton Woods Agreement. And the U.S. had all the gold, as I was saying earlier, prior to that. Also, from apartheid, um, you know, they were able to work in with the South African government at that time. Uh, they were able to, you know, be in lockstep to keep people in, in this position. Okay. Um, so let's give the definition of world currency. Um, world currency is the currency that is held in significant quantities by governments. So there, there are other governments around the world that um, have the U.S. dollar that they use as reserve currency. And the institutions as a means of international payment, foreign exchange, reserves and investment, and liquidity. Liquidity, liquidity. Yes, yeah. <laughs> that's it, right? Liquidity. Sometimes words trip me up. I have to look at them twice. Um, but here's the thing: now we rely on China for everything. And like you were saying, COVID was a dry run. They wanted to see, you know, how things played out. And uh, and finally, here's the big one right here: the United States has the largest trade deficit in the world, $1.2 trillion, okay? And that is because we have become, that we have more imports than exports. There was a time when the United States was the leading manufacturing co uh, country in the world, along with Europe. 
but again, when when they made this deal with China, uh, Nixon the Nixon administration, and they duped the American people. Um, this is when our uh, U.S. Uh, and, and again, what we have to comprehend and understand is U.S. corporations function like nations. Okay, this is another thing our people don't understand. They function as nations in other countries. So when they put all these plants in China, I don't care what they tell you, they, along with China, was mass producing these products that come right back to America that you buy. So just to kind of wind this down, brother, the the reason why we... uh, and I'm good. I, I still have time, you know. I the the thing I look at when I look at the situation with our people. First of all, ninety seven percent of what we know as currency is in digital form. Now I can I can already see the chess move and and the game plan that they have put together for our people, and this is going to be the knockout blow for our people. Again, it is because we don't trade with each other. We we hate to see one person have something over another. And these are intrinsic values in, in us that are that is destroying us. And it's gonna be the final knockout blow for our people. What can we do about it? We need today to for everybody, under the sound of my voice, to realize something. That you do not have to like another black person to do business with them. We are See, this is what religion did to us. Where we base everything on an emotionalism. Okay? We have got to come out of this fall. Okay? Not only are we at risk, our children are at risk. Because what's going to, the first thing that's going to happen is the collapse of the real estate market. Okay. We already know the numbers. Okay. So when that happens, you're going to see that the mortgages you have, because me and you was talking about this one time, Lance, I think about a couple of years ago. You know, you're living up on a hill, right? Mm-hmm. You you, you you got a mortgage, couple of cars, everything's fine, you know. You can go and take out a loan against the mortgage, get some more fiat, buy more cars, because you ain't going to get no money. If you go in there, that's why they always want to know what you want to use it for. And you tell uh-huh. them you're going to use it for a business, you ain't going to get that money. You can get it. Mm-mm. You're not going to get unless it's a church or a liquor store. Right. So right. this is what they're going to do to our people. When that when the real estate market crash, not if, when, then the real deed holders, and I learned this in solar that blew my mind, that because I was dealing with a friend of mine who works for a title company. I ran into so many black people that didn't know that their names was not on the title of their house. So in many cases, what happened was their parents would pass on and, you know, pass it down to them. 
But you still have to go to whatever uh, city you live in, go to their city hall and transfer those documents. You have to have a death certificate for the parent. And then get your name legally put on the title. Because if That's you right. don't do that, mm -hmm. you, you don't own the deed. That's right. So you sitting up there one day, you know, y'all watching the game. You know, you get a knock on the door. Who is it? It's uh, Mr. Johnson from the title company. Uh, we have a deed to this land. Uh, well, hold it, sir. I have a mortgage with the bank. Oh, no, that bank is foreclosed. Ooh. Those deposits, uh, uh, I'm sorry. This this is our land. The acre, two, the three acres you're living on on this house. This is our land. <laughs> so, <laughs> like what they did with the Indians with the treaties. And then you're gonna say, well, how the bank? Cause the bank can't help you. See, this is what our people don't know. The bank cannot help you in that situation. It's the people. The so. I believe Dr. Claude Anderson said that we own, still own less than one half of 1% of real wealth or land in this country. Bro, that is scary. Because mm -hmm. when those people from those title companies come to black folks, when this collapse happened, and say, you got 24 hours to pack a ball out your stuff, we're redeeming the land, what you going to do? What's going to happen to our people? Where are we going to migrate to? Because we don't help each other. Now, we could reverse this situation, okay? But again, we spend so much time worrying about celebrities, worrying about P. Diddy, worrying about all these other people. And why is it that, I mean, mm -hmm. here's the topics that need to be discussed in so much as they affect our people, you know, but at the same time, why don't they own anything? Why why is it no there are no tangible things or buildings? Okay, you could have a line of liquor to keep our people drunk. <laughs> most of the most of those uh, uh, so-called billionaires or multimillionaires that are black or rappers or whatever, huh? Right. They allow them to have a line of either, uh, yeah, liquor mainly, okay? And then, but what they don't tell you is that that does not have the same value that the people who are sponsoring them have, okay? So, again, they are making our people think that we are on solid ground. Well, look how many black millionaires there are, you know? Mm -hmm. Look how many NBA do you know? Do you know how many uh, jobs that are available in the NBA and the NFL? You know this is crazy, man. And so, ask your question: Why none of them have no buildings that they haven't come together and have no buildings or rec centers with their names on it where our children can go to, like the boys' club or the YMCA or the, the YWCA? Ask yourself that question, because. If they try to take out any of that money, uh, which is mainly fiat, to try to purchase any asset or land, they're not going to get it. I don't care how much, I, how, how much they were. They'd be worth a billion dollars. Mm. If 
this. They go to a bank today, and first of all, that money on that contract is like this paper right here, bro. Okay, so it is, uh, we've been duped all the way around. And and I don't see, this is why I kind of lose respect for a lot of these celebrities too, because now a lot of them are in a position where they can do something about this. And, you know, they have people telling them, well, you don't have any obligation to help anybody. When all, this is something too, this is something that I actually like about white men. I'm going to be honest with you about Or men, not just white men, Asian men, East Indian men, and Latino men. And me and you have talked about this before, Lance, about, <laughs> one, about white men. They can hate each other's guts. But they know the principle when they sit down in that boardroom and they have an economic goal that's going to affect all of them, they're going to work together, especially right. if it means keeping you in the position you're in. And they'll walk out of that boardroom, and they may never, they, they probably won't even talk again until it's time to meet. Mm-hmm. But our people are so caught up in the emotion of which church you go to. What, what the hell does that have to do with anything? What church do you go to? You know, this is the kind of crazy stuff that have our people in the condition we're in. We have got to change this mentality. The other thing, too, I think I heard you say this, too, that if a white man, two white men are in business and one of them is screwing the other one's wife, that ain't going to affect how they do business. That's right. <laughs> no. Now, it, it may affect them on some level, but they're still going to make sure their business is run. They're right. going to make sure they can pay their debts and if they have to trade with you and do whatever. Now, eventually they might try to find somebody else, but it's going to be another white man. That's right. So, I don't, and this is directed toward the brothers right now, okay? Because um, we live in a patriarchal society. I don't care how you try to, our women judge us off of fiat, okay? We, this is a known fact. Mm-hmm. Black men have got to be the leading voice of this revolution, okay? We have got to put down these little boy color games, Mm -hmm. these little boy whatever separates us, and we have got to try to come together now and put together and compound our fiat and buy buildings and set up things that can help our people. I just... The other day, up here on San Bruno, Chinese people just opened. And these people, they're not, like, rich. They just put their monies together. They just opened a clinic, a big-ass clinic. Mm-hmm. And I walked by there, and I look, I see the Chinese writing, and I saw all these Chinese people going in and out, babies, everything. I was like, damn. <laughs> so they buy up all the buildings on a large strip. Yes, on San Bruno, when I first came to San Francisco eight years ago, it was like maybe one Chinese grocery store there. Wasn't even one. <laughs> Fast forward now, they own everything on San Bruno. There's a couple of uh, East Indian stores. And that's it. And I'm like, wow. They, and everywhere you go, they have uh, they don't just own two or three. They buy up all of the buildings. 
Okay, so every there is a I like to call them Chinatown suburbs. Everywhere you go. And you know, I can't be angry at these people, uh, Brother Lance. I can't be angry at these people. Because we have now they may not have the same be faced with the same things that we're facing, which is true. They can go to a bank. Well, first of all, they don't have to deal with US banks. You know, they deal with Chinese banks. And they create their own banks. Um, there was a time when black people had what they call co-ops. You remember that, Lance? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Co-op so, city. Yeah. Yeah. So that's what they do. They have co-ops. They may not call it that, but they, they have food co-ops. They have um, financial co-ops or whatever. And that's how mm-hmm. they trade with each other. They ain't going to trade with you. And I don't blame them. I wouldn't right. either. <laughs> If I was them, I wouldn't either. Because all you're going to do if you get something is spin it up, buying things that have no intrinsic value. Can you can get mad at me all you want. I'm way past you liking me. I'm way past that. We are in a serious situation, brother. And these evil people are already putting the ball into motion. Because when, when that 3% of fiat money that's in circulation begin to dry up, we're going to be in big trouble. That's why the average black person now, even if you ask them to take, get a loan for some money, oh, man, I got to wait till I get paid, you know, or something like that. And then they damage your credit to the point, the black people's credit. And I know a lot of it has to do, too, with you got to pay your bills, you know, or whatever. But at the same time, you're not going to be afforded the same advantages as other people in this uh, economic market or financial market. So we got to start coming up, you know, we got all these so-called intelligent people. Why don't we have a a plan for black folks to start doing something about these issues that are hundreds of years old? You know, so that's it, brother, because I only get more frustrated (laughs) when I think about our people, man, that's running around here. You know, and these just act, you know, I don't get it, man. You're wearing other people's clothes, but that makes you better than the next person, black person. None of these clothes have no black person's name on it. I don't even see FUBU no more. I know. I it still exists or not. But, uh, yeah, man, it's, it's a situation where um, if you, okay, so even if you don't want to change, at least let the children have a chance, man. Okay? We have the right. You, you can. It don't matter what somebody is teaching them out here. It don't matter what they see on these devices or TV. It's what you teach them that matters. But you are teaching them the same thing that have us in the condition we're in now. I don't see. I don't see other. And, and I watch kids. I've had. I deal with kids from children from uh, all cultures. I have to uh, out here. They're they're always together. They're always doing things together, particularly the Chinese children, but all of them, Latino, the the other um, East Indian children I see, you know, they're always together doing stuff. You see our kids, it's nigga this, nigga that. You know, they yep. arguing with each other or something. Where does that come from? 
Where does that they they learn this from the home they're in, from their environment. And then they bring it out into the world. So I'm way past this, man. We we have got to start taking responsibility for our behavior. Now, with this blame game, yes, we are victims. But there is a difference between being a victim and having a victim mentality. Okay, there is a big difference. Okay, but it, it has to start with us putting down the swords, realizing, I don't care how much you want to kumbaya, that that is not going to save you. And so to end with this, uh, brother, is that we got, we got to put down these God images that we have That's right. uh, that don't look like us because subconsciously you're not going to fight against what you perceive as a God. <laughs> but, I mean, that's just common sense. That's why you, what I have on my wall should be on every black post. <laughs> why the hell would you have somebody with blonde hair and blue eyes anywhere where black folks reside? Stockholm syndrome. no sense. And that's not to the, the hate anybody or put anybody down. You don't see, I tell you what, go into the home of any one of the cultures in America and see if you see a picture of Malcolm X. You you might see Martin. <laughs> right, right. You might see Martin Luther King, but you, but you're also going to see the Kennedys with him. You know that favorite picture that we used to have when we were kids. And yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a combo. That's a combo. It's a yeah, combination. The combo. Yeah, the, the combination they throw at you. Uh, yeah. <laughs> This this black man still has to have these two people to give him some kind of promise. Exactly, exactly. But you're not gonna you're, you're not gonna walk into an Asian place, an East Indian place, or some of the, a lot of the Latinos because they have you know black people in their history, even though they don't some of them don't want to acknowledge it. You might see pictures of some of our people where they live. A lot of them. But uh, the the other cultures, no, you're not going to see that. No black person in their home, no picture. Mm-hmm. You ain't even going to see that blonde haired blue eyed Jesus in their home. Because, right. like I said, when I was in the energy business full time and going into homes, bruh, that that taught me a valuable lesson. Okay, and if you don't have uh, like uh, like like here. Uh, where? You know, Bob Marley. You know, yeah. we we are the ones that are responsible for our own legacy. Right. It begins with symbols and images. Okay. And so, yeah, brother, with that, I think I'll close if, uh, you know, we, we can kick it a little yes. bit. Yes, yes. But, uh, yeah, man. Um, Like I said, the majority of us are not going to make it. No. We, we we have sense, we know, but there's a difference between hearing and listening. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's not what you eat, it's what you digest. Mm. You know what I mean? You can eat all the good food in the world, but if you don't digest it, it means nothing. You and you know, to piggyback on that, uh, mm-hmm. brother, excuse me, yeah. but to piggyback on that, 
Sure. Even our own bodies teaches us that. That's it right. takes the food, the sugars, the proteins, the nutrients that it needs, and guess where everything else is going? Goes right on out. In the toilet or wherever the hell you use That's it. That's right. So, <laughs> again, nature is our greatest teacher. All we have to do is look at the natural processes that exist. That's right. Because once, once that, uh, for real, that's why when you go to McDonald's, all of that come out. Exactly. Black people need to um, get into the toiletry business because <laughs> they're the ones that eat this garbage every day, okay? And you go right to the bathroom. I remember yes. one day I said, because uh, I like fish, right? I said, right. you know what? Because McDonald's, they do have those bomb-ass fries, bro. Well, yeah, they're, they're, they're engineered to be that way. Yeah, they are. And so I, uh, one day, I don't know what it was, but I've done this experiment. I think I shared this with you guys before, where I, I, um dealing with uh, fermentation, where I, I would go to different fast food places, uh, put the hamburger in a jar, the fries in a jar, right. put something else in a jar, and, you know, to make nuggets or whatever, and leave it in there for a week. Bro, you never won't believe what grows, that white shit that grows didn't look like pus coming out the hamburgers. Yeah. And yeah. the fries was the only thing that didn't, ha it kind of, it just got soggy. But still, it's, right. like I said, it's engineered, it's GMO. But it's supposed to have formaldehyde inside of it, right? Yeah. I mean, they have an yeah. embalming fluid. If you eat the yeah. fries, like Donald fries, and, and, and you really run your tongue on the roof of your mouth afterwards, yeah. And that mucky feeling that, that you have? Yeah. You know, you, these people are embalming themselves slowly but surely. They're I embalming them. Yeah. That. Clogging up their systems. And then how are we going to operate on a higher spiritual vibration, a higher mental vibration, where, where our gut is, is, is like a whole, a whole separate entity that our body <laughs> has, to, has to support? A big rock gut. Overtaking the delicate balance of the spine, just like a like. I mean, what are you going to do? Claim it to be a liability? You file your taxes, and you say you don't have a child, but that gut is a dependent. That <laughs> comes from you. You know what I mean? Then you got to go down, go to the bathroom, oh. sit down, and you can read the whole Sunday paper, and you're still sitting there. And the thing is, when you leave that bathroom, you can go shopping at the mall. You can go take a walk. You can go to the beach until late, come back, and that stench is still there like a satellite within yes. a fixed position. Yes. It's outside now, brother. What's going on in the inside? And you wonder why you got morning breath that they can smell on the planet Mars. <laughs> you see what yeah. I'm saying? Halitosis. For real. Yeah. For real. Yeah, all that stuff coming out, all that garbage you're eating coming up out of here. So the story I was saying was, I said, you know what? Bro, I mean, I, this was about maybe six months ago. I said, I want me one of those filet of fish sandwiches. I fuck it. I just want one. <laughs> so I, 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 I didn't buy the fries, but I did buy the filet of fish. Bro, it was less than an hour later, I was on the toilet. Wow. I was like, wow. damn. This is remember, they had, remember they had back in the early 80s up until a certain point, they had also treats fish and chips. Remember that? Yeah, yeah. Peaches, yeah. fish, and chips. Yep, yep. And see, these foods, remember, they, they, they are engineered chemically. Yeah, chemically. They appeal to you. 
to, to have you coming back. If they can yeah. take a drug and alter it or take something natural and alter it, they do this to the food. It's addictive. And you get crazy over it. And long yeah. after you're full, it's not about the nutrition, but long after you packed your gut full, you craving more. I mean, yeah. I'm always sure to look out for myself. But there are times that I, I picked out way back in the day, and I got the food in the back of my throat. Stomach is full, like a trash compactor, and I'm reaching for more. What is that? What is that? Right. You really didn't get no nutrition from it. No, you didn't. That's why you keep eating. Mm -hmm. If you notice, when you get real good food and nutrition, you may not be as full, but you're yeah. fat. See, yeah. we, can have, we can have a situation with most of us where we're overfed and undernourished. Why yeah, can't we exactly. be overnourished and, and underfed? We don't have to be stuffed. And there's some people who feel like, well, I, man, I, I got I to gotta eat more. I gotta. As long as you're getting proper nutrition, you don't want that anymore. And you don't, you, you don't want to eat, eat what you That's good food. Once, yeah. once, you're, once you're nourished, you're good. And, yeah, and, then, mm -hmm. and, and then they uh they uh fool your taste buds. Exactly. Just like this how they get you hooked on sugar and salt. Right. Because right. then your taste buds it's something about what they're putting in, in that food that causes some type of change in your taste buds. So when you eat something real food, most people when they eat real food, you know, I had a um salad with black salmon in it. Mm -hmm. yesterday and I got full right so when your body is full like you're saying from real nutrition then you're good I only eat twice a day now right right but when you're eating food that's no good for you or fake food then you're always going to be hungry your taste buds are going to reject real food and this is what's happening to our children very seldom eat real food Mm -hmm. And this is our fault. They very seldom eat. So when they, they don't like uh, broccoli, they don't like nothing that's good for them. They All mm -hmm. they like is either McDonald's, uh, pizza, or something yeah. sweet. They, yeah, right. or pizza. They really love pizza. And they don't know real taste. It's no, they like don't. Like uh, Tracy Jason said, sugar, salt, and fat. Yeah. And, and we know fat. The fats in food hold more flavor. We understand yeah. that yeah. on a natural level. But my God, what they do to those fats and those fats, when they call them trans fats, they engineer yeah. these things, man, to be so explosive on your taste buds. You you become a culinary crackhead. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good one. I'm gonna use that one again. Yeah. You, so, brother. Liz, what do you think about uh, what's going to happen to black folks when this collapse? Well, oh, 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 what? You ready for two hours? No, I'll give it to you real quick. <laughs> what I'm hearing, they're going to purposely collapse. Yeah. The dollar. Well, they're going to purposely do it. Yeah, yeah. And what I'm hearing is that it's going to come through a cyber attack where the banks they won't be able to, to, to take the blame because it'll appear as though it's not them. Mm -hmm. They'll be able how, to blame. How, how, how so? How, what do you mean by that? Well, well they're behind it. Because yeah, yeah, they're they don't, behind they, it. Right, 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 right. That way they can wipe away anything they owe. Oh, yeah, the digital, yeah. 
Yeah, make yeah. it where if it is a terrorist cyber attack, so they will claim because the media will work along with it. Yeah, and we all believe CNN and Fox. We all believe oh, yeah. that and sarcastically, yeah. right? So now we believe this and say, "Oh my God!" The same way when Bin Laden was supposed to be the one who was orchestrating that nine one one attack, but the Bin Laden family they were on a plane when the whole country was yeah. shut down out of the country, right? Yeah. Yeah. They had to blame him for that. He was the yeah. fall guy. So they will yeah. bring about, after a little bit of mystery, the fall guy. Because if you remember during 911, when they were so called speculating on who did it, for a split second, the Nation of Islam's name came up as a potential yeah, person. Yeah, I remember that. yeah they, they, so, so they're going to have media confusion to have us all like blind men in the room feeling for the light switch. Yeah, because so they're trying to jam the minister up with something like that, right? Exactly, exactly. They're trying to that. jam him up with Gaddafi when Gaddafi wanted to give them $2 million. Oh, yeah. So he had to register as a foreign agent. So he couldn't do that. Yeah. Stop him. So when they do this, we'll be, oh, my God, who did this? Because it's going to shut the systems down. Yeah. It's going to wipe yeah. everything out. And then they're going to have to implement for our protection the whole digital thing, right? And yeah. then they're going to also, because it's an internet cyber attack, force those who are on the internet to have a digital ID so every comment, every post, everything we say will be traced to us. So they'll go back and watch Lance Skurv and like, you better watch what you're saying because we're going to lock you up if you insinuate something. Or we're going to take yeah. you out. And that's further control over how we communicate. Yeah. Unless it's through email, hopefully. But they can check that, too. They can check yeah. our emails now. Oh, yeah, they can. And they can go on your phone now. After the Patriots Act, there's no more privacy. So all the freaky pictures we got in our phone, somebody looking at it and laughing. Yeah, they are. <laughs> yeah, oh, no, absolutely. And then the digital demons are, you know, possessing them to do a lot of this evil stuff. So, you know. I could see the cyber attack. I could see them um, saying, yeah. well, we had a terrorist cyber attack. All of the banks and financial institutions in the United States has failed. And, and right now, they are putting all of their money in offshore banks. They're planning uh -huh. this. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And they're telling mm -hmm. the American people, uh, well, you know, we're trying to Make America great again, and we're going to fight against these people and blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. No, they ain't. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Ain't. That's uh, all smoke. Smoke yeah, and mirrors. smoke screen, bro, because uh, America, our institutions, financial institutions, have already sold us out. Now, yeah. I will give Trump credit for this. I'm not no Trump fan. Right, I understand. But he, at least he recognized what was going on and stood up to it. Now, I, I will give him credit for of that. Of course. Of course. But these other folks, these Democrats, and, you know, <laughs> they are, if you look at the condition of black folks, it, we, we have supported them for, what, 200-something years? I mean, come on, man. There's something, and again, I don't support any of the politicians. I don't care what uh, uh, politics they're in. I look at individuals and see what they're trying to do or, or what they're, you know, people elected you to go to office, okay, to, to help 
fight for them and the things they need and their families and children and neighbors need to survive. But now here you are in in this cesspool of snakes when you go there, you know, and now you're one of them. Yes. So I, I, I don't really put no stock in any of that for saving black folks, man. There's no political party that's going to save us. There's no financial institution that's going to save us. There's no organizations that's going to save us. The only people that's going to save us is us. But somehow, you know, we just waiting, 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 waiting. Mm-hmm. Till the fucking hammer come down and go. then everybody's going to be crying. <laughs> like, you know, I'm going to be fine because I can live under a tree if I have to. I'm good. Oh, I'm yeah, good. I know you're good. You got your own uh, mountain. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So the thing is, is, and, and this hurts me to my heart, man, to see our people in this condition. And, and seeing what these evil people are planning and doing, and then our people don't do nothing. We just sit around, go yeah. to church every Sunday, go to uh, Bible study on Wednesday night. Jesus ain't going to save us from this, bro. Because if, if he was, he would have done it a long time ago when these evil folks was hanging us in trees, killing our, raping our women and doing all of that. And if yep. you haven't learned, okay, yet, Okay, because the people that was doing it was quoting the same scriptures you quote. Mm-hmm. But if you haven't learned this by now, I don't know what to tell you. Honestly, <laughs> I don't. Because, uh, and then we looked at uh, the billions of dollars that they have taken from our people in all these decades. You know, so it's it's like an eerie feeling. Like you, I remember seeing this movie one time where people were just sitting around waiting for something to happen. They knew it was coming. They didn't know what was coming or where it was coming from. And then all of a sudden, this goddamn fog show up. And everybody's Um, running inside this gas station because it was what was in the fog. And anytime somebody went in the fog, they didn't come back. (laughs) You remember that movie? I forgot. Yes, I remember that. I remember that. And that's the funny thing. Up here, up here. Up in the mountains, it's not fog. We up in the clouds. Yeah, I know you told me that. Every night the clouds blow through. Boy, that's you some other earth thing. That's otherworldly stuff. Yeah, yeah. So when you look out the front, you look at the street light. Yeah, we in the clouds. If you go to the other side of the mountain and look over, you see how high we are. You see clouds eye level, and you see the shadow of the cloud. This is in the daytime now. The shadow of the cloud on the ground. And you look in the eye level with the clouds, and you see it raining on different parts for miles and miles. It's wow. spotty here. You see the rain coming down over there. You see, and so when it rains up here, it don't come from up top. It does a little bit. It comes from sideways. Wow. All of a sudden, the wind starts blowing, and you see like the blob, this big cloud coming at you, and it comes out of nowhere because we're not down on the ground. We up, 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 up. Wow. And so now you, you all of a sudden, you don't see nothing. You hear, ooh, ooh, ooh. And you're like, uh-huh, let me, let me get going. And, you got and, your and own iCloud, huh? <laughs> we in the clouds. <laughs> you got your own iCloud, bro. Exactly. We in the clouds. Exactly. We ain't got to download nothing. We, we already uploaded. Okay. Right? But the thing is different. 
It's different. You can look out and see it clear, uh-huh. and then you can go five minutes later and you don't see anything, wow. anything, anything, because you're in the clouds. And the funny thing, when you have the screens, you know, we have the windows open and the screens closed. And you look at the screen, it's like somebody took a water hose and sprayed the screen because it's the water droplets in the cloud. There's moisture up here. You see wow. what I'm saying? Yeah. 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 Like I can tell you so much. Like this, huh? Huh? Say it like, again? Remember that song, Heaven Must Be Like This. <laughs> boy, boy, but, boy. But that the, rain yeah. that you're talking about that's coming down that y'all looking down on? Yeah. That is, that in yeah. itself is some type of uh sign. Yes. You know that you you move position yourself above that. Yeah. Because yeah. boy, when that rain started, they're talking about forty days and forty nights. Man, it rained it rained ten hours the other day. Wow. I wasn't freaking out, but the way it came down, it don't come down straight. 45-degree angle at best, but it's coming sideways because you're already up here. It's blowing all over the place. It's not just coming down. We're in the clouds, so it's blowing everywhere. Wow. Hard, though. Man, you got to take a – well, I don't know if you want to. I'm going to do it. I, I'm, I'm going to take something to show you. Okay. I, I'm, I'm going to make you see that experience. For real. Yeah. It, 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 it's, it's something that at first was very frightening. Okay. Very frightening. It was. But but the, the most frightening thing, I'll say it again, I don't know if I told you about it, I'll just mention it. When the van took me past my stop and kept going. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You told and me I had to walk 15 miles back up the black road in the mountains yeah, with miles. the fog, with the trees. Yeah, it took me far out. Yeah, because it was an express van. Wow. And I was in the back. He didn't hear me. He kept going. I was mad. It was late. I had one bar on my phone. You know what I mean? Two right. heavy bags of groceries. And then I had hopped on another van returning back and went up about a mile because I lost track of it because this guy was flying. I lost track of the um, distance. And then when I saw the sign that looked similar to where I use as a marker for where I live, I was like, here's my stop. I'm getting off. Yeah. And once that van moved off and the rear lights and the lights of the van moved off, man, let me tell you something. I never saw darkness like that before in my life. Wow. Never. Because it, it was up in the mountains where nobody lived. Is that pitch part black, like pitch black? Beyond pitch black, beyond pitch black. The trees covering the road, no lights from nowhere. There's no lights up there. No, there's lights where people live. Yeah, but I was deep somewhere where nobody lives for miles away. I mean, I'm walking on the road, couldn't even know where the road was. What about the stars? What about the moon? The stars? You couldn't see that, man, because we in the clouds thick, and the trees were covering the road. And you couldn't see nothing, man. I never, let me tell you something. And for about 10 minutes in that 15-mile walk, for 10 minutes, I didn't hear anything. All I heard through the whole walk, all kind of animals I never heard before. Wow. I'm the narrow country road that's like, it's, it's supposed to be two lanes. It's like a lane and a half. So every now and then the car would pass by and I flag it. They see me. They were scared. They keep going. <laughs> yeah, so who is this up here in these mountains trying to flag us down exactly there were things crawling in the bushes next to me and there were times I stepped off the road it wasn't flat with the ground it was like a foot or two down off the road if you stepped off the road your foot would go down in these bushes you don't know what's there we got snakes up here pythons 
King Cobras. You feel what I mean? And then for wow. a second, all the sounds stopped. About 10 oh. minutes and I'm walking. I'm like, what is this? Tra- am I transitioning here? Yeah, but am I transitioning here? Uh, right. Look, I had mosquito repellent, man. Oh, I had shorts on, man. I had to slap that stuff all over my legs, my head, my face, because they were coming for me. And if I sweated a little bit, you know, it, it, they were like, the repellents, you know, if I had a spot that I missed, they found it. They were hungry. That's something how those mosquitoes can find a spot that's unprotected. Exactly. Exactly. Oh. Amazing. The mosquitoes, they, I mean, that's how they operate, too. The, the oppressors operate, you know. They, yeah. They'll out little mosquitoes, usually coons. Yep, and, yep, yep. <laughs> you know, they'll find, they'll, they'll, they'll dig into your past and try to find something mm-hmm. that can, you know, bring you down. And that's mm-hmm. another thing, man, with our people, man. We we have taken on the personalities of these evil people, man, to the point where we want to find anything to condemn one of our brothers and sisters. Don't even matter what it is. Yeah, you know, that's what they do. Yeah, yeah, that's what they They spend most of their time doing that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's, uh, mm-hmm. Well, Brother that's Lance, it. I got to get going. I know you got to prepare yes, for another show. Or... Oh, yeah, yeah. We're going to do something right after. Well, about another hour, hour and a half or something like that, but... We're going to okay. do it. I've been, working on, I've been working on it. You know, I'm always multitasking, so we oh, got yeah, it going on. Yeah, definitely. And the link's not made yet, but it'll go up soon. And we're okay. going to freestyle for about an hour, hour and a half or whatever have you. You know what I mean? So it's always a pleasure, brother. Thank you so always much for sharing your time and your wisdom and everything. So you know when you bring these entities out who, <laughs> who, who talk to Yeah, listen, you got to put them back in their place. It's a whole oh, yeah. new day. You know oh, yeah. It's a there whole new day. The, the Johnny come lately is of history. <laughs> oh, yeah, the, the whole planet is Africa. What are they talking about? I'm already on Africa. We can go back to Africa. They, you know what I mean? The whole planet is Africa. Tell me your history before 6,000 years. They lied to us go, in school. Go, Get back out of here. The, go back to the ice fields. Go back to the caucus. <laughs> that's a person to me that's ignorant. That has oh, no yeah, of course. Real history. Of course. Of course. So, you know what I mean? Yeah, so, and brother, uh, Lance, you know, always thank you for everything you do, brother. Keep up the great work. Uh, thank you, you know, Like I said, I try to keep up with you with that stamina you got. But I, I come <laughs> back. I mean, I catch the live shows. Right. I always make sure, I, you know, I catch some of the things that's going on. Because w- one of the things that's very important with what you do is not just letting us have, a, a you, you know, access to the platform. Is that the issues that you are addressing? Nobody else is addressing. At least I don't see hearing anybody else addressing them. And these are the type of issues that we, because our people, and, and you know, you have to try to stay positive, okay? But at some, some point, you, you have to deal with re- reality. You can't keep living in the clouds or talking about things that's going on in the cosmos. And all right now, <laughs> for real, break it down. Extermination. And and that's the thing. We got to be realistic in how we talk. We have to break it down. Yeah. Sometimes I use humor to push the point. Sometimes it just yeah. come out and slam them right in their face with it. And sometimes you know you you kind of you kind of charm them in and then come yeah. with it. You know what I mean? Play possum. You know, because yeah. a lot of times when we sense that we're going to talk about a certain topic, you know, we reject it. Or that that inner thing inside of us starts coming at people. 
because we know where we're going with it, and they know it. They sense oh, it, yeah. you know, and people are in yeah. denial. They want to keep their head in the sand. I don't think I know everything, but, hey, why not do something thought-provoking? The person can disagree. It's all right with me. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. And it needs to be, you know, you have to find out where the pain spots are. Exactly. 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 So we have to keep ourselves out of the comfort zone of doom. Yeah. Meaning that this place that they prepared for us, that it feels like a comfort zone, but it's not. No, it's so we got to pull ourselves out of that and feel that little bit of discomfort where we'll be able to think. Yeah, you know exactly. Like whatever in that fog, we need to find out what it is. Because <laughs> when somebody go in it, they don't come back. Right, right, right. I ain't going outside in it, you know. Just okay. like in the foggy night when that girl came 2 o'clock in the morning by my window and it was foggy. Yeah, man, that was spooked out stuff. I, I, I wasn't wow. opening that door. Nah, 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 nah. You know, I'll tell that story later. I told it before, but I'll tell it to you again. But I know you got to yeah, go, brother. So. Yeah, definitely, man. There's a lot of stuff going on out here yeah. on a spiritual level. And don't think everybody that walks past you in the street is somebody real. You never know. Yes, that's true. the manifestations out here. You know what yes, I mean? It is. And, and the people who are, what kind of charge do they have in their spirit with the Colgate smile? You dropping your guard and letting them on in your life, right? Absolutely. Because the, the thing mm-hmm. is, is we can uh, people like you and me and in the chat room, we can pick this up before they even get near us. You, we pick <laughs> up that right. energy. That's right. And so That's no right. matter how they smile or whatever, whatever, we can pick up that energy. And so we know what's really going on. That's right. And so it disarms them because they also know that we can feel that energy. That's right. It goes both ways. That's right. But anyway, Beautiful. brother, I better get out of here. Yes, yes, I know, brother. Thank you so much once again. Yes, Thank sir. Peace so and love to you, brother Lance. Always. Always, my brother. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Yes, indeed. The link for the other show is not made yet. We're going to make it. Don't know when it's going to go out, but it's going to go out before the next two hours. And I may not stay on there for a long time. I may give a little hour or something. But we're going to be funny. We're going to have fun. And um, it's going to be humorous. I might drop a few words. It will be what it is. And it's going to be something that we can enjoy but make us think. You know, sometimes you attack these subjects. You kind of want to say to yourself, well, I attacked it this way. Well, how do I, how do I attack it a different way? You know, um, we're just going free flow, you know, and just tell it like it is. And people will get insulted. They will get upset, but they have to sometimes. You have to get pulled out of your comfort zone because really your comfort zone is not a place that you want to be all the time, right? You want to feel the cold outside, you want to feel the heat outside before you go into your comfortable home symbolically, and that's what I mean. It's a symbolic thing. You know what I mean? So if we can be pulled out of our comfort zone in a conversation, that's not going to hurt us like it will being ignorant to something that we should have talked about and been prepared for. You see what I mean? But anyway, let me wrap this up, and um, we're going to come back, and I'm going to play my little song here for those who came in to Rabble Rouse. So get a little dose of this. We know the song all the time, but they need to hear it. Much love to you all. We'll be back soon tonight. Peace. Peace. Why are we called Negroes? Why are we deaf, dumb, and blind? 
Why is everybody making progress? Yet we seem to be lagging so far behind. Why are we mistreated? Why are we in this condition? Stripped of our name, our language, our culture, our God, and our religion. Here in America, all of our religious training has been gotten by the preacher. He has told us of a heaven way up in the sky that we can't enjoy now, but rather after we die. But all of the years that we're living, for us there's nothing but hell, pain, torture, and misgiving. Yet the Bible speaks of a heaven filled with material luxury, which the white man and the preacher has right here, so we see. So, my friend, take it for what it's worth. Your heaven and your hell is right here on this earth. So let's check back into history, which rewards all research and tells us plainly that before the white man gained entry to the east, he was living in the caves of Europe, a ravenous beast, eating juniper roots and eating flesh raw, till God sent Moses to civilize him and teach him the law. Then following Marco Polo, an explorer, he gained entry into Asia and Africa. From China, he took silk and gunpowder. From India, he took juice, manganese, and rubber. He raped Africa of her diamonds and her gold. From the Mideast, he took barrels of oil untold. Raping, robbing, and murdering everything in his path. The whole black world has tasted of the white man's wrath. So, my friend, it's not hard to tell. A white man's heaven is a black man's hell. America, we were living in the east, by the Nile River, we were living in luxury, enjoying freedom, justice, and equality, we wore silk and robes, it was the gold, we were the wealthiest and the wisest people, I'm told, now we are the poorest of the poor. Nobody wants us at their door So my friend, it's easy to tell White man heaven, black man hell When the white man came to America He told the Indian I am your white brother He said, red man I'll treat you the best Yet until he pushed the Indian Further west With his white woman And fire water Tricks and lies He stole America 
The original owner of this nation is cooped up on a reservation. So my friend, it's easy to tell. White man heaven, black man hell. He needed someone to work the land. His back was too weak. He needed you, black man, so he commissioned Sir John Hawkins to commit the worst, most grievous sin, to take a man who's born to be free and bring him down to slavery, to sell a man as merchandise. On his body put a price. Oh, my friend, it's easy to sell. White man heaven is a black man hell.
I'm going to show you the banner so you know what's up. next show it will be tonight i can't give you an exact time i got a few things i gotta do but that's the next show we're gonna do we're gonna have fun we're gonna go in no holds barred give you a little spicy language and some real stories told you don't want to miss it all right much love